This is episode 75, Feng Shui, Decluttering and Healing Through Home with Dr. Stacy Scott. And it's Erica here kicking things off. I hope you're doing well wherever you are at this moment when you're listening to this episode. And as always, I just want to say how much I appreciate you and you taking the time to listen and learn. And Lauren and I just love this podcast so much. We love sharing our passion and our curiosity with you. So thank you for being here. And this was a really, really standout episode for Lauren and I, another one of the, one of those episodes that kind of ended up being group therapy. So thank you, Stacy, for coming to share your magic with us. And Dr. Stacy Scott is a feng shui practitioner, coach, occupational therapist and owner of Sanctuary Feng Shui. She is in a mastermind that I'm currently doing with the Content Queen, so that's how I found her. And as I've heard her talk about things and started following her and just seeing how she incorporates so many different practices and healing modalities into this one beautiful package, I just knew that we had to bring her to you so you could also get to know her and get a little taste of her magic. So I definitely encourage you to seek her out, go follow her on Instagram, and while you're listening, take a screenshot on your phone and then share it to your Instagram stories and tag us, tag the podcast, tag Stacy, and let us know what you loved about the episode. It's really fun for us to hear how this is all received. Stacy shares her story and how she came to feng shui in the episode, so I won't share too much about her background, but I did want to read this piece from her website that I thought explained what she does and why she does it so beautiful. So she says, feng shui is about who you are. Your home is a sponge for all of your energy. This reciprocal relationship between you and space is why feng shui is so potent. By shifting, enhancing, and changing the energy of your space, you directly, positively, and quickly impact your life, paving the way for you to step into your next chapter. And that's exactly exactly what she means and what we mean in the title about healing through home, that we can use our space and our environment to quantum leap through time and create real change in our life. So I can't wait for you to listen. I hope you enjoy it. And don't forget, if you do enjoy this episode, if you get some value from it, share it with one friend or go to our Instagram, find the post for this episode and just tag a friend below that you think might really want to hear this episode so we can get it into the ears of the people who need it. So with that, please enjoy our conversation with Dr. Stacy Scott. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is going to be a very fun topic. You and I, Stacey, have already had, we did an Instagram live, so I got a little bit of a taste of your magic and we're in the same mastermind. So even just being able to be woken up to the power of our environment. Like I've always known like my physical space has an impact on how I feel and I've tried to be mindful of that. But knowing that there's so much deeper we can go besides just like, oh, like the mess in here is making me feel anxious. So I'm excited to like just unleash whatever this conversation brings. Lauren, what is your knowledge of like the world of feng shui and that type of thing? So I actively practiced Zen Buddhism in like 2005, no, 2008 to 2010. And that was my first exposure to feng shui. I read a lot about it. The Zen Buddhist community center that I frequented in Oklahoma City talked about it a lot and everything was oriented a certain way in the room and all of that. So I have like a, maybe like a 201 version of it in my mind, but Uh, My mom's also always been, I don't know what her reading about it is, but she's always brought it up. And I'm very aware of like colors in my space and what directions my windows face. Also, I'm a plant lady, so that also matters to me. Um, But I've never actually like had a conversation with it from someone who practices it and teaches it. So this is like, I'm very excited because I definitely thought about it when my husband and I were setting up our new apartment. Um, but I didn't like do any research or have no connection to it other than that. So this is very exciting. And we're going to go so much deeper than just feng shui. Like the the conversation is going to be amazing. But Stacey, why don't we start with you telling us just a little bit about your story and how you landed in this world that you teach in now? 
That's such a lovely question. So feng shui came to me in very kind of classic spiritual girl style. I was incredibly burnt out from my nine to five and I decided to say, you know, just forget it. I'm going to take a soul sabbatical, give myself some grace and some time to just figure my life out. I was an occupational therapist for many years and I was just at my wits end. So as soon, I'd say weeks into giving myself that time and space, I very clearly heard in my brain feng shui. And at that point I had, I didn't know what it was. I was knee deep in all sorts of spiritual things, crystals, astrology, all the things, but I had never heard of feng shui. And as soon as I started researching it, it answered questions that I had been asking myself my entire life. Like what is the meaning of home and how does home impact us? And how does home leave a lasting imprint on our souls and whether that's a positive thing or a negative thing. So before I knew it, I was signed up for a six-month course and here I am, you know, two years later with a thriving business that I just adore. Love that. And can you tell us in your own words, the traditional definition of feng shui? And then I know you also kind of use it in your own special way. So tell us like what is traditional feng shui and then how have you kind of adapted it and use, use it in your coaching now? Yeah. So traditional feng shui is about the, it's the art of placement. It's the art of creating a home that fits the energies of the world and it flows in harmony with not only who you are as a person, but with the world that you inhabit, both your physical tangible world that is your home and then the world that is outside of you, your community, your state, your country all the way up to this planet we all call home. So that's the very more traditional sense of it. You're harmonizing the energies to live a very prosperous, easy, calm life, which is absolutely lovely. And so many people just fall into this practice for that very reason. As I was going through it more and more, I found that feng shui kept hanging my soul to sit up and take notice of there's something deeper here that's not being talked about. There is so much inner child healing that can happen when you use the lens of the home to view yourself through. So that's how I really apply it for folks now. Of course, we do all the placement and the colors and the command position and all the beautiful, tangible things that most people are familiar of feng shui, they're, they're, how they're familiar with feng shui. But I like to take that one step deeper and help them understand why they choose to have a home with huge windows or why a mess in that particular of the home really bothers them. There's a lot of shame that gets put on not only women, but also women as children. We're told to be quiet, to not make a mess, to go play with our Barbies in the corner. And so much of that we carry into our adult lives and we're not even aware of it and why women feel that they have to keep a perfect home. Home has to look a certain way. It has to be perfectly organized and clean at all times. So when I work with clients one-to-one, we're really working to shift and break a lot of those expectations, traumas, and projections, not only from society, but stuff that kind of got put on them as a kid so that they can really live a life that is like just completely and utterly from their soul deeply self-expressed and in their pleasure. Just the way you say that sounds so yummy. (laughs) (laughs) What was coming up for me as you were sharing all of that is kind of the realization around how much more shame I have around my home. And actually I was just voice noting the crap to Lauren earlier today because I'm kind of realizing that even though I'm like, oh, like I'm not ashamed and I've removed judgment around myself and what a la, but really it's like, I think there's a lot of shame and judgment and vulnerabilities that are like wanting to come up and be shared, especially today when I have a little bit more anxious energy. Like I just had my house cleaned. That's one gift I give myself. When the space is clean, I can take a deep breath, like things feel more spacious. But then when it's not, I make that mean so much about me. And then I think if I really go within and connect with my little girl, it's like, it's not safe. Like, you know, mom or dad might get mad or whatever. So, you know, I just wanted to share that because what you said is so profound. And 
we can just think of our space as like, oh, it's just where I live. But I know I've avoided really deeply connecting with my home for most of my life until the pandemic, really, because it's like, oh, now I'm here and I have to look at it. So I don't know. Did anything come up for you, Lauren, while she was saying that? Well, you know, this apartment that I live in right now is the first time I've ever felt like it was my home. I've been very like gypsy-ish in my lifestyle pretty much since I graduated high school. Uh, moving almost every year, like I never put pictures up. I never had photos of myself or my family or anybody. But it was during the pandemic that when I got my own place, even though it was very transitional after of the ending of a long relationship, I started filling it with the things that I care about, which was photos and plants, knowing that I was only there for like 10 months because it's just how it worked out. But now this place in Arizona, like it really feels like us and it feels like me and it feels like him and it feels like our kids and like we have our little moments in the space. So it's new to me and I don't know that I ever felt at home, quote unquote, even as a child. So like now I'm cultivating it as an adult and kind of deciding what that even means. So that's that's what came up for me. It was like a joy of like, oh, I think I know what that feels like a little bit, but I'd love to learn more. And that's the beauty of it, that I want everyone to walk away from this conversation with a deep, lovely understanding that home can look like whatever you choose it to look like. There is no this rug with that carpet or this rug with that, you know, those blinds that we see where we are bombarded with these images Instagram, house, magazines, that home is supposed to look and function a certain way. And I find that those are deeply shaming to some women who maybe can't afford those things and also maybe don't want to live that way. That just kind of doesn't jive with their their internal soul's compass. So if anything, walk away from this conversation that you are allowed to live in any damn way you choose, whether that means you sell all of your things and you hop into van life, or you go to the opposite end of the spectrum and you buy a huge house and you fill it with stuff. I don't want anybody to ever feel shame for who, how they live, where they live, what type of home they live in, or the amount and degree of possessions that they surround themselves with. Yeah. And I think that shame piece, like this would be a good time to dive into that because Maybe some listeners are like, yeah, okay, I can see that could happen. But what about the people who hear this and like, what shame and home? Like, that doesn't make sense. So how do we, how does shame show up in your house? Like, how do we know maybe there's some shame around your home? Um, and then maybe also bringing in the inner child piece, piece too. Like, how do we start healing these things through our home? So I think the easiest way to ease people into this is actually to start for them to start understanding their relationship to their possessions. Your home is your higher self. You can actually speak to your higher self through your space. It is the only place in this world where your soul gets to come out of your body and rest. So we get a lot of shaming messages from the decluttering world that you have too much stuff. Just the word clutter. I do this all the time on my Instagram polls. I ask people, what does the word clutter and decluttering feel in your body? Or what are the first words that come up for you? And they will instantly say stress, shame, discomfort. We get all these messages from folks in the world around us that possessions are bad. Possessions are clutter. But really in my world, possessions are pieces of you. They're pieces of your journey. Now that doesn't mean we should not go through and purge our things occasionally because we all know that a perfectly clean, you know, decluttered space feels so good. And if you're a feng shui enthusiast, you also know that that brings in new abundance, new opportunities, wealth, money. But the path that we're taking to get there is just riddled with shame. The most tangible nugget I like to start to kind of open this conversation with folks with is understanding that the word clutter in of itself, literally the definition of it, if you Google it, is an untidy heap or a pile of trash. So why are we calling our possessions, the things that we purchased, that graced our body, that cooked our food, the towels that we use to dry ourselves and anoint ourselves with, why are we calling that trash? It might be a possession that no longer resonates with you, no longer aligns with where you're going, your next evolution, but that's not trash. That's not clutter. 
So when we start to flip that perspective from, okay, my possessions are, I'm feeling some way in my home right now. I could use a little bit of a decluttering, but coming to that decluttering conversation with these are pieces of me and I get to love them. I get to conjure up the visualization in my brain of who she was, a prior version of me, who she was when she wore this dress, she walked in those shoes. And I get to send a little love to her. And that's, Erica, where you ask about the inner child healing piece. That's where that comes in. Because we hold on to the emotions of unhappiness, distrust, shame, avoidance. We put those emotions onto our possessions. We are humans. If you're a Harry Potter fan, we create horcruxes every day. I mean, who has not bought a dress, left the tags on it, never wore it, and then took it out of their closet a year later and said, oh, fuck, I never wore this. And then made that mean something. Made that mean that they were failing. Made that mean that they were wasting money. And then they're instantly brought back to maybe their father shaking their finger at them. Be like, you waste money so much. You know, you should be a better saver. Why can't you do X, Y, and Z? So when we start to use the lens of the home to pull in our emotions around our possessions or our home itself, and then also who we were at the time when we got the message that somehow we were being wrong or shamed or we were failing, that's when your mind goes, boom, and you start to just unpack rapidly all of the things and the emotions that you're still dragging with you, the emotional baggage that you have put into your physical possessions. Everything you say feels like ASMR to me. <laughs> your voice. I'm just like, I just keep talking. You're, I mean, like you're, you're triggering so many things, but also I would like you to keep talking. <laughs> I have I have so many like programming cues coming up and all of conversations we're having this week. I'm like, okay, clearly the universe set this up for me and Erica because we're constantly processing all of these things. My G center is undefined. So I don't have like this innate sense of identity for myself. I just kind of like try on other people's things and identities and ideas and see what feels good or not. And I I'm realizing like recently in the last year that I do have preferences and I do have things that feel good to me. My house has never looked less like my mother's home in my whole life till now. The clothes I choose to wear and the things in my closet look less like all the people and relationships that I've ever been in than they do now. And it's like, it took some time to go through all these experiences and like really sit with the things that I wanted to move from Colorado, Arizona and be like, does this matter to me right now? And I love how you you defined clutter because that has been like a, a shameful word in my life, certainly as an ADHD kid, just like organized chaos, piles everywhere, clean clothes on chairs. Like I knew where everything was. I was fine with it. But it was other people's discomfort about it that put the shame on. So like I love the reframing of of the language that you use. Yeah, and also... Just one quick note about human design, Stacey, you have a completely open G-Center, which is just so in alignment with what you do, right? Helping people feel good in their environment. And then I also have an undefined G-Center. And Lauren, what you just said made me realize that I also have done that where I think for me, my people pleaser has always been present in my home and like, I don't really care what it looks like. Like, I don't, you know, put whatever you want on the wall, like with past boyfriends. It was like, well, what colors do you like? I had a past boyfriend who loved like neon orange. And I was like, yeah, we can put that all over the the apartment. Great. And it's like, like looking back, I'm like, this does not make me happy. But that's what I'm doing in my house now too. Like my first floor, Lauren, you would be blown away. You came to see it again. I like used to always look at like the pieces with like glitter on it and gold and just like really girly, but I never allowed myself to indulge because I'm like, no, I want to like keep the space neutral because one day I might like have a boyfriend and I want it to be like, welcoming to him. And now I'm like, fuck it. There's going to be pink and gold and sparkles everywhere. That man that's, you know, on his way to me, he's a little bit lost right now, but he's coming in. I can feel him like, you know, he's going to love that. I expressed myself all over the first floor. <laughs> so that that's really profound for me just to put that together of like my, you know, I always say I'm a recovering people pleaser and some days she's really loud. And some days I can like calm her down and be like, it's okay. I got this. 
but I can really see how she has had the reins in my home. Yes. And I love how you bring up color too, because I like to tell folks we don't hate any color, right? We might have preferences, but you'll definitely hear some folks say like, well, I hate that color. It's like, if you, you don't necessarily hate that color. You don't hate the energy of that color. You hate the circumstance or the memory or the emotion that you have around the color. I've helped so many women reclaim pink and purple because they may have had it as a child and then they were shamed about it, or they never felt that they could be a girly girl and maybe they secretly were. And they just, they just felt so bad about it. So absolutely reclaim the pink, the purple, the sparkles. Also, if you're a girl who wants, you know, deep, deep purple and black and red and like reclaim the entire spectrum, you can be a woman who anoints herself in any dang color she chooses because it all means something. There's all an energy and a vibration behind color. Yeah. And I shared this um, on our live that we did, but that was a big thing. I think on our live was when I realized this about pink, because for my like teenage years, I was like, I hate pink. I hate pink. But like you said, I didn't hate pink. I hated what it meant to me because I have two older brothers. And when my mom had me, like the only reason they tried for a third child, because my mom was like, maybe this will be a girl. And it was. So they went a little crazy in my room with the pink. And I literally had like Pepto-Bismol pink carpet same pink on the walls. Everything was pink. And like, as a, I was like, whatever, until one of my oldest brother's friends, like came over to hang out with him and passed by my room, looked in and said, ew, so much pink. And then from that moment, right, my little inner child or my little undeveloped brain was like, it's not safe to to like pink or have pink. And then I think shortly after that went to my mom and I was like, I want like a different room. And we she they let me paint the walls like very light like aqua blue which was very nice of them looking back it's like kind of wild but anyway it was like i dismissed pink from now on and until my sister-in-law she is like the epitome of pink like hot pink disney like she's just like she is a real life disney disney princess she looks like um the little mermaid but you know and and she's helped me like love pink again cuz i'm like oh it's kind of fun and my inner child does like this so that's my story with pink of reclaiming it too. So let's go back to the, or let's go deeper into the decluttering piece. I mean, already what you said, I think is so transformative just to reframe the word and maybe not necessarily say clutter. Cause I know I've definitely been like, Oh, the clutter makes me feel chaotic or whatever. But it's like, you're right. Our possessions are not trash. They are reflections of us. So how do you help people declutter? And then how do we like take care of our emotions around this? And then maybe talk a little bit about like the feast or famine concept that you talk about. Let's just like dive into decluttering. Yeah. So a little caveat too. When I work with folks, I'm not working with folks who come to me and they say I'm a hoarder or something like that, which is a little bit of shaminess in there. I just want to point out that actually I, my childhood response to a very, very cluttered home was to be a minimalist and society treated that like such a virtue. So I actually had this unresolved childhood pattern of being a minimalist that was actually dressed up as a societal virtue, but it was an unresolved childhood pattern. And it was me going through this work that made me realize possessions were okay So it's actually, I just want to point out that this actually works on both ends of the spectrum. And we all know that as each of our nervous systems are different. There is a bell curve here. Some of our nervous systems truly feel amazing in a very minimalistic space, very few things. And some of us have a nervous system that can handle more flow and organized chaos. And I say that in a very loving way in our home environments, like a flow and a movement. So I just want to be very clear that I am not advocating for minimalism or for having a huge home with lots of things in it. You can have either thing. My push is that folks understand what their nervous system really needs. I have a science background. I want them to understand who they are, not just on a soul level, but who that what their nervous system needs. I'm a trauma survivor, so trauma survivors absolutely need to understand what their nervous system is doing and how they work with it. 
So I just love to point that out because clutter is such a juicy, deep topic for so many people. So you asked me about how I work with people through this decluttering work. And it's all about getting them to understand the patterns that they that were either put on them or they created in childhood, the patterns that kept them safe are no longer patterns that they need to carry with them into adulthood. So a lot of the women that come to me are not even people who have a lot of stuff. Again, they can be on either end of that spectrum, but they just have a feeling that something is not right in their soul. They have a fear of kind of doing anything in their homes. They might be somebody who opens up the closet door and is like, nope, 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 not today. And their, their, their nervous system just shuts down. Or they're that feast or famine style where they're going to, you know, buck themselves up. I fucking got this. They're going to throw those closet doors open and just start doing it as fast as they can because that feels safer to them. And then they'll either get it all done, but their body is just going to be depleted, or they'll stop midway and just feel like they're surrounded by, and I say this lovingly, but this, these are words that they, that they give me, the wreckage of their life. And they are just like, I just can't. And they'll, you know, slide into a kind of a response that makes their body feel better, whether that's sitting on the couch, needing to take a nap, you know, turning to food, over-exercising. So this has so much to do with regulating your nervous system in relation to possessions and the emotions that they bring up for you. So as we declutter the home, we're actually not only physically decluttering the home, we're decluttering their nervous system of these icky, shamey memories from their childhood, like the one, Erica, you mentioned before, and also the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from really evolving their soul into that next evolution. I have women that are just ready to fucking pop off on the map, and they're just, they've got the goods, but they feel so paralyzed. And they're, you know, they're business owners, they're super crazy, amazing, you know, new moms, and they're just women from all different walks of life that they have felt really called to come to this wisdom. Yeah. And I think um, something that feels really cool for me is almost the idea of like quantum leaping through your home. So everything you just said, I so resonate with as far as, you know, I'm doing my inner work and I'm cultivating the business that I want and I'm creating this life that I want. And then it's like, I'm in my space and it's not reflective of the person I want to become. Honestly, within the last three months, I've like invested money in making my space feel good. Even though in the past, like, like spending money on gyms and workout classes and supplements and organic food, like that's been something I'm like, I deserve that. I will drop money on my health. Like it means nothing when it comes to this stuff, like my space, there's like part of me that's like, Ooh, you don't deserve to have like spend your money on that until you have reach a $10,000 a month or like until you do this. And recently it's been like, what version of myself has a $10,000 a month in my business? It's the version of myself that takes care of every part of me, no matter where I am monetarily or whatever. So it's felt really uncomfortable, but it's like, ooh, how can I make my space feel really good? And honestly, like Stacey, you've even just in the short few months we've known each other, like it's just opened this world of like, oh, I can also use this as a way to quantum leap into like the person I want to be. So um, I think that's so cool. I love that. Can I have that quantum leap through your home? Like, I feel like you just gave me the name of my program. <laughs> but when I started to notice how much deep inner pinging was going on when as I was doing my feng shui as a practitioner and my decluttering, I was like, oh my God, I can literally open up a channel between women's inner and outer world. And so like, Erica, if you were my client and you were like coming to that realization that you feel like maybe you, you haven't been treating yourself as worthy as you should with your home, we would go in and unpack what memory led to that. What inner child is in there that says, no, Erica, you can't have the pink and sparkly one. Remember what that mean boy said? You know, we would unpack that really lovingly, let you just release it from your body and then like go have fun at Target. I mean, the quantum thing is real. Like when, when Adam and I moved from Denver to Arizona, like the things that we very intentionally chose to keep, I gave away all of my furniture. I didn't sell it. I gave it away. It was like time to let this divorced Lauren from 10 years ago 
let it go. The things we kept are very nice. They're high quality. We like unpacked quickly. We put art on the wall. We have photos out. Like it is like you'd walk in here going into any of my previous homes. If you were ever in them, you went, Erica, you had been in my last apartment in Denver. Like it is a very different feel. But I am also moving into a new office space this week, and it is literally a blank room, and it gives me so much anxiety <laughs> because I have a, I have unlimited potential, and this is a quantum leap for me in business because I'm moving into it. I'm paying the rent on it. It is my business. It's like the first office I've actually rented, and it's like, this can be anything I want it to be. Right now, it's going to have the desk I love and a bunch of plants, and we're just going to sit in that big empty room until... <laughs> something comes at me with with inspiration but it's that quantum leap of like consciously letting things go because the person that you're moving towards is not doesn't need it anymore um has released it i absolutely feel that quantum energy having come here i mean the transition was brutal but that's because I was going through that like energetic yeah. shift. Yeah, your body was feeling it. And what you did was you told your higher self in the universe, like, hey, I'm ready, right? By getting rid of everything and parting with it in a way that was like a clean energetic cut was, you know, just you being like burying yourself and being like, hey, I'm ready. Let's do this thing. I'm so excited for your new office space. Like the soul of your business is just going to come forth in so much beauty. And the way you described the harmonizing energy for a prosperous life in the very beginning, like the amount of abundance that has occurred in the five months that we've been here is like mind bending. Like it's wild if I like sit back and like really look at the, the prosperity that's already occurred because I mean, because I made those shifts, I've never actually given it that kind of credit, but it's true. All of those little pieces, it's not just about the work I do. It's about the things that I left behind and, and released. Yeah. And before we go into the last question, I do want to point something out that you said, Lauren, and I'm curious what Stacy's perspective is, what you've said about like when you left Denver and you just gave stuff away instead of trying to sell it. And I feel like that's something I have this internal struggle with where I'm like, okay, I kind of see the next letting go in my space. But then I'm like, oh, should I like try and put this on Craigslist and make some money off of it? Because then that guilt and shame of like, why did I spend money on this in the first place? So what's your perspective, Stacey, on like deciding when to just like release, like bring it to Goodwill, give it to someone in your life who needs it, or just try and make that effort like, oh, I'm going to make some money on this? I think that depends on the possession itself. And how it feels in your soul. So I, so case in point, for example, I had a Ikea dresser that I had for 15 years. It had such, it, I put such emotion into it because it was the first physical possession that I got to choose for myself without my mother criticizing it. I got to choose it and it was easy. I just got it. And I still remember how that felt in my body. And I carried this Ikea dresser with me for 15 years because I wasn't ready to let that girl go. I wasn't ready just to look at that girl who stood in Ikea and be like, darling, I am so freaking proud of you. And it's also safe for you to let this go. You, you will get more of this energy in. So I had a couple options, right? I could have driven it to the city dump, just given it away or sold it on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. What I chose to do because it had such positivity for me. So again, we can put all sorts of emotions into things. It reminded me of a girl I was really proud of because she really, she survived and thrived in college. So I was so proud of myself for that. I decided to put it on Facebook Marketplace and who ended up buying it. And it was, the exchange was $15 and it was important to me for there to be an energetic exchange so I could practice receiving. But who ended up buying it was this young woman who has a, a, a daughter and she said she, she's creating for her daughter a princess room. And I swear, I put it in that woman's car and started crying. And I was like, you, I'm going to start to cry again. I was like, you go off and you have the most amazing life dresser. I just, I bless you and I give you, I give you to the universe. I give you to this girl. So I think that's a very personal question 
that I think people can really move through depending on the emotions and the memories that come up with that possession. And that's what I really guide women, women through. I love that answer. It's making a process that I've been avoiding kind of feel fun. I'm like, oh, like I don't, there's no right way to do it. And I can just kind of like connect with my possessions and be like, what do you, like, how do you want to leave me? Where do you want to go? So thank you for that. I don't think we tell enough stories around our possessions because I could tell you like a story about every single thing in my home, even though most of it came from Adam's last home in Washington. But because I stayed with him for six weeks, before we moved, like I have my own stories now with his stuff. We bought a Berkey filter for our water at home. Like that was such a big purchase. It wasn't expensive, but it was like just a big statement that like we were going to spend this money we received for Christmas on this thing that bettered our life. But like I have stories for every, even like the banker's boxes that have now been moved to like three different states. Like they all, everything has a story if you think about it. And when I was giving my when I was giving my furniture away, I felt I actually told the stories of the furniture to the people who received it. They didn't want to hear it. Nobody asked for that. But I wanted to narrate it for myself and be like, here, these are the things. These are the energies. Some of them were not all positive, but we have stories in all of our possessions, too. I can tell you where all of my plants came from, like all of it. Lauren, what you did in that moment was you honored yourself. Your possessions tell your story. I think we forget, like you so just beautifully said, possessions have a story, but they tell our story. They tell the story of our life. And by sharing their story, you honored them. And I think that's why you parting with it was such a beautiful, energetic release for you that made so much room in your body and your next home for all of this massive abundance to come in. It was your courage to do that, to tell their story, even if it wasn't a positive, happy, happy, happy story. It was your courage in that moment to share with them and not shame them. Because by doing that, you don't shame yourself. You honor yourself. You honor that inner Lauren from whenever she came into contact with that possession. I think women do this too with our clothes. This just made me think of like, oh, I love your dress. It has pockets. Or... Oh, I love your dress. Oh my God, I got on sale at TJ Maxx. Like nobody asked for that information, but like it's our impulse to be like, this is what I'm excited about, about this thing. Like, I love your shoes. Oh my God, thank you. I wore them when I got my new job. Like nobody asked for that, but that's like our impulse to share the thing that like makes us connect with the piece pockets. It's the pockets. Can I just say quickly, I'm a New Yorker and New Yorkers do this all the time. If we're, if, if somebody gives us a compliment, be like, thank you, darling. 40% off Lomans. I only paid $50 for it. That's such a New York thing. My parents are New Yorkers. That's probably where I got it. I have an explanation for literally everything that I have. And specifically (laughs) to share the price. Be like, thank you. I got it on. But to say you got it on sale and then how much you paid for it. Bloomies on sale, 100 bucks. Boom. BOGO. I got the other thing half off. I saved money while spending more money. What can I buy to get free shipping? Oh my God, yes. (laughs) I had that conversation with my mother yesterday. (laughs) So Stacey, how do you help people imagine up their ideal sanctuary that feels good for them without like falling into the shoulds and expectations around what society thinks our home should look like? Like, let's have that conversation. Oh, can I just say I adore this question right now? I just got the chills. So I love to do embodiment work with women, um, which is just a fancy term for guiding them through a meditation, having them reconnect with their body, and letting them just speak out into space who it is they really envision themselves to be. Sometimes we don't know what the next step really looks like, but just letting them have the exercise of just word vomiting it out, the energy and the essence of it. I'm then able to hear little things in it and say it back to her. And then she's like, oh, oh my God, that's it. I've never thought of it that way. I never put it all together in that way. So the experience of having somebody witness you in that deep energetic trance is really powerful. And that's how I help women be like, okay, what's the soul of your business? How, what colors are we using? What does your soul sit up and like take notice of? So you don't get stuck in the, 
well, this is what a boss babe office should look like. It should be all white and all chrome and all the crystals. And that's beautiful, but maybe that doesn't really jive with your soul or the, the soul of your business. So that's, that's how I move women through that. I definitely have a color palette in mind already. I feel like I've done a little bit of that kind of like reflection in the space. I've been, I've spent probably close to an hour over a few months uh, standing in that empty room. But yeah, it's like, what do you really want to feel? Not like functionally, but I like that perspective. Yeah. And you also talk a lot about just home-based taboos, which I appreciate because when the pandemic started or when quarantine started, I shifted all the furniture in my living room to the side so that I could have like space to do yoga or stretch or just like do cartwheels. Like literally that was my inner child of being like, I just want space to like move around and dance and play. And I've made it a little bit more quote unquote normal since whatever, but I also don't entertain that much. So part of me is just like, I've I've left this like wide open space in my living room and it's not a typical living room and it's not really a place for people to gather. But at the same time, being able to look at that and be like, whatever, like that doesn't have to mean anything. And one day if I need to put more seating in here, here like I will, but for now it just like the spaciousness feels good. So I love that. Well, you said the magic word about not making it mean anything. And if anybody's listening and they're just kind of like drawing a blank on like what that term really means. I tell them to make make a list of all the things you were told not to do as a kid. And it can feel a little painful, but move through it as best you can. So for some examples, being told to stay quiet, to only play in your room, to not make a mess, to not scream, to not dance, to not make a fort in, I think Erica, you may have said that one, not make a fort, like a pillow fort in your living room. Like all the things that you kind of were told maybe not to do as a kid, those are the home-based taboos that are your personal ones. So what I like to tell clients to do is you've now made your shameless list. I want you to go through and do every single one of those and feel it so deliciously in your body so you become completely shameless. Throw flour up in the air, make an entire batter of cake and don't make the cake, just eat the freaking batter. You know, like how dare you? You know, it's all those things that you get to be shameless now because it's your home, it's your space, and that's how you make it sacred when you stop allowing other people's judgments and what you were told as a child to rule your current life. Amen. Yeah, the last thing I'll share before we we do our last final thing. Um, one big thing for me is like growing up, I feel like my mom was very adamant about the kitchen must be clean before we go to bed. The dishes have to be done. And I still very, very much find safety and like the kitchen needs to be clean before I go to sleep. And every once in a while, I'm like, I'm going to leave a dish in this sink, like not do all of them. And it's like really uncomfortable. But every time I do that, I'm like letting my, my shame, whatever, not mean anything. So that's my, my rebellion, leaving dishes and one dish in the sink when I go to sleep. And it does feel rebellious, right? It feels like, Hey mom, look at me. I'm going to leave these dishes. It does feel rebellious. Cause at the end of the day, it's fine. Like the dish will still be there. You're not, you didn't leave the door open. Wild animals aren't going to come in. I mean, it's okay. The dishes, the dishes will get done when they get done. I love to make a point on my Instagram stories of showing people my messy kitchen and my messy office, because you know what? It doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean my business is failing. It doesn't mean I'm a sloppy, messy human. It doesn't mean I'm unprofessional. It doesn't mean anything doesn't mean I'm a bad mom, although I'm not a mom, but I know a lot of moms make that, make a messy home mean something about their parenting. And it absolutely doesn't have to mean any of that. I know Instagram influencers really love to show us their perfect life, their perfect home, their all white kitchen, their perfectly clean children. Um, I don't know. It's cool. I have chocolate on my face sometimes. I have a messy kitchen. I changed shirts just because I was wearing the same one I wore yesterday. There you go. I was like, oh, Erica saw me in this yesterday. But there's no morality to any of this. Exactly. Eric and I talk about this all the time. Like, there's no morality to any of it. Mm -hmm. What It doesn't mean How dare you be a sloppy, messy woman? How dare you, the horror? You know, I put deodorant on and I love the smell of my deodorant, so it's fine. (laughs) 
Ugh, I love it. We could probably keep going for hours, but to wrap things up, so something that you do that we recently found out about is this, and this comes from the feng shui side of things. Is that right? The ele- so it's called an elemental essence reading. Is that right? So yeah, so that's actually my own term for it. So if anybody listening, I'm I'm actually going to give y'all a nine star key reading, which is it's a form of philosophy based out of feng shui and Chinese astrology. So I like to call it elemental essences because it it makes a lot more sense in my soul when I say that. But if anybody listening, it's also a nine star key reading. So everyone is born with three elemental essences or a nine star key reading. And it's out of the five energies of feng shui, everybody's born with three of the five energies. The reason I bring this up and I wanted to give you both readings is because this actually made me feel a lot less shame in my own life since we're talking about that. It actually made me really understand myself. And I thought, Eric and Lauren, your, your listeners would love that since you both are so into human design as well. So I give Elemental Essence or Nine Star Key readings for all of my feng shui consults, as well as my one-to-one forever worthy decluttering coaching folks. So without further ado, Erica, I will start with you. So the first Elemental Essence is kind of how we show up in the world. If you're familiar with Western astrology, it's a little bit like your like your sun sign. It's like your inner, like how we're going to like, how you show up, how people relate to you. And so you, you're actually something very fun called center earth. You are actually neither yin nor yang expression of earth. You are just a completely balanced earth energy. And so what that actually means in terms of personality expression is that you love to bring people together. People flock to you. You are a great connector, which is why I was chuckling because I was like, oh, this Eric is spot on. You not only are you really excellent at connecting people, people will come to you, be like, oh, Erica has a hack for that. Erica has a person for that. Not only do people come to you for that, it's because you're actually also really, really freaking good at it. Like you love to connect people. You love to bring large amounts of people together. So the people who run really, really awesome group programs, kind of just bring together women in a very safe space. They always seem to have the center earth energy. So people absolutely feel that from you. Your middle energy is a little bit more like our moon sign in Western astrology. It's like the emotional nature of us and kind of the things that we express when we're feeling a little overwhelmed. And for you, your yin metal. So the yin, the yin expression of metal is someone who really, really needs beauty. They find comfort and solace in beautiful things. So for you, you are actually someone who in their home really does have an eye for beautiful things and needs to have beautiful things. It's like a beautiful bouquet of flowers that's set up just so, and you're going to find a lot of peace in that. Where someone else might walk by and be like, oh, that's a beautiful bouquet. You're going to stop and literally be like, I'm going to move this flower. I'm going to move that flower and oh, now it's perfect. And that brings you a lot of solace. <laughs> Lauren's laughing. I'm, I'm spot on. Every time I see your background, <laughs> I'm like, oh, she moved that plant over there. Oh, she moved her, her painting on that side. And the fact that you said peace, it's so true, is my, my manifestor side is like, how can I feel more peaceful? And, and I've always had a lot of judgment around like, like, stop obsessing about these things. Like I literally walk through my home and my brain is like, Nope, that's out of place, whatever. And I think some of that is like hypervigilance and nervous system stuff, but maybe I can really shame around that and just be like, no, I just find peace in like things that are just placed just so. So I love that. Yes. You get to decide then, knowing this now about yourself, that this is just innate in you, you get to now decide is, and say to yourself, is that really just making my soul really happy and like releasing this tension in my chest? Or am I reacting to something that I was taught as a child? So you get to now really have that wisdom and react out of that new foundation. So you are just someone who, yes, needs to have that beauty surround her because you're also really good at creating beauty. I find a lot of interior designers have yin metal in them because they also have a really nice eye for precision, which is also probably why you're in event planning, right? A really great eye for just getting shit done, which is actually going to lead me into your next elemental essence, which is the sign of getting shit done. So your third element is yang wood. So the yang expression of wood is someone who is 
super action, super go, 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 super, I have an idea, let's drop it in the world, let's fucking do this thing. And they are just fire starters. They are the people that just get things going. They're the energy of that first spring day where all of a sudden the world is in bloom and you're like, I gotta do it. Oh my God, I gotta do it. I gotta do all the things. I think we called it squirrel energy recently. (laughs) I swear, I could probably get a diagnosis for ADD or something like that. But I'm like, no, it's just like there's lots of things that need to happen and I can make them happen and I have to go do them. (laughs) And that is absolutely you. And that's what you're literally meant to kind of, you're literally meant to start these things. And it's okay if you don't finish them, especially in manifesting generator energy. You know, it's it's okay if you start them and don't finish them because it's the idea of bringing it. You you love the idea of birthing it, dropping it and being like, woo, what are you going to do now, bitch? Let's see. So excuse all the French today. So that's why I saw your elemental essences and I was like, oh my God, I love this. It's so her. So you can use that as a, as a way to, you know, no more shame. And you get to, you get to move and shake through the world, connecting beautiful souls. Such a gift. You have no idea. I'm like, Accurate, accurate (laughs) AF as usual. And now Erica knows me well enough to react to whatever you say about Yes, me. Lauren. Okay, and now after having met you, I get your energy more. So you are, the first one is mountain energy for you. So again, this is how you show up in the world, how people kind of react to you. Mountain energy is very calm, stable. People really like to lean on you because it's just kind of like, where like Erica might be like, feel like a squirrel, you're going to be like, it's cool. We got this. I'll figure this out. Just a very calm pillar for people to lean on. Mountain energy people are so freaking giving to the point where you are like, woo, I might be a little burnt out. I think I overgave there, but they're so deeply, deeply given because injustices in the world really deeply hurt them. They like feel it in their soul and like they might see an injustice over here in the world. And they're like, I don't know if I can really do anything about that, but I'm going to go make this person here in my community, like this person that I see on the street, I'm going to make their day a little bit better. You guys are quietly these like inner revolutionaries. You're not loud about it, but you just do the freaking work. And I have chills right now because it's such a beautiful energy. Yeah. Almost every other day I like voice note Lauren and I'm like, like squirrel and she's just like I'm proud of you for feeling all of those things and then I'm like oh thank you like I just needed someone to like (laughs) calm me down it's such good mama bear energy it's just strong and stoic and it's like almost I love how you guys named your podcast there's a hack for that because it kind of fits both of you really really well it's like Erica you being like oh we'll figure this out we got this let's try a million different things and Lauren's like it's cool we'll figure this out there's a hack for that, you know, and it, it's like a very different energy. Totally. Nobody's ever witnessed our, our title like that. That's beautiful. <laughs> Love it. Well, what's beautiful is human design is actually based off of the I Ching. And actually, this is also based off of the I Ching. So there's going to be a lot of overlap here, which is so gorgeous. Um, and Lauren, your middle elemental essence is actually yin wood. So where Lauren, ha- I mean, Erica has the yang wood expression, you have the yin wood and that emotional centerpiece. So for you, Yinwood folks are incredibly flexible. And what brings you a lot of peace and solace is having not only a plan, but knowing there's a plan A, B, C, D. It's like I have flexibility and it makes you very, very easygoing. But it also at the back of your mind, you're also probably like, okay, I have a plan. And if that doesn't work, here's another plan. And then here's another plan. And it just makes you very calm to know that there's an A through Z kind of step. And it's interesting before that you mentioned that you can sometimes lose yourself in other people's personalities because Yinwood folks being so flexible also have this quality. I have Yinwood in me as well. And I also find that sometimes you can lose yourself if somebody comes near you into your social circle with a very strong personality, you almost start to adopt their traits. But it's actually a beautiful thing to be so flexible and able to just bend space and time to your will with all the different plans that you're able to make. So it's really cool. I love that because I was very shamed for that, for that ability growing up. And now I'm like, that's my superpower. Leave me alone. (laughs) Girls were shamed for that. Like, oh, she acts so different with so-and-so. 
yes, she's being fake, but that is truly your superpower. You're able to show up and blend in gorgeously with any group. And it's actually a really cool thing because you can move through so many different spaces in life. A lot of times Yinwood folks uh, have a lot of different careers because they're just able to try on this hat. Nope. Try on that hat. Okay. Try on a different, you know, it's all the things. I mean, it's literally the the business I just launched is utilizing that ability. It's the whole business in consulting. I just get to show up, be like, look, this is what I think. Okay, thanks. Oh, yes. Well, you're expressing your, your <laughs> essences perfectly in that. That is your superpower being harnessed. And then your third energy is actually fire energy, which is very fun. Fire energy people are straight up love. They have a really strong heart chakra because they literally are love on two feet. They want people in every single group and they want everyone around them to just feel loved. So they'll go up to someone like in the corner of a party that's maybe not talking to anyone and just be like, hi, want to be my friend? Let's talk. I really like you. And they'll just give them so much love. So fire folks just want everybody to succeed, to come on in in the group, feel really together. And it's like a really gorgeous, gorgeous energy. So Overall, you are absolutely meant to just spread so much love through the world in all the spaces that you move through. That's such a gift. Thank you so much for doing that. You're welcome. I'm glad they resonated. Yeah, that's super fun. And Stacey, you have a few different ways that people can work for you, work with you. So tell us where, actually, no, sorry. First, what is your current favorite life hack? Almost forgot the most important question. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I just started doing this. It's propagating plants. Life hack. I don't have to go out and buy a new plant. I just realized like I started pulling off little dead leaves off of my succulent and it started, I pulled off a leaf and it had new roots growing and I'm like, when I'm going to grow a new plant. So now I'm like all jazzed about this. I've got a pothos behind me that's growing like gangbusters. And I'm like, everybody gets plants today, y'all. So like, it's a gift that keeps on giving. So that to me is like such a life hack. Yes. When Lauren was moving, she's like, do you want a hundred propagations? And I'm like, I am having trouble keeping this one alive. So I'm going to pass. I, I did. I gave away, like I chopped down and propagated and gave away plants when I moved. That's your love coming through. <laughs> That's your love. You're like, I just want everybody to have plant love because they feel so good. Yeah, Lauren, she's just like, when I went to visit, she's like, here, do you want a curling iron? Because I was going to buy one. She's like, just take mine. That is that is fire energy to a T. Here, have the shirt off my back. <laughs> yes. Totally me. I like your shoes. Can I have them? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'll get a new ones. Uh, Stacey, you are so, like I said, I'm going to come visit the East Coast someday. And we'll, we'll get to meet in person and hug in person. But you're, this has been so much fun. So back to what I was saying before, where should people connect with you? And then just tell us a little bit about how like different offers and ways that people can work with you. Yes. So the best place to find me is at Sanctuary Feng Shui on Instagram. That's my handle. Or I have a website, SanctuaryFengShui.com that has a whole bunch of a little bit more traditional Feng Shui blog posts. And the two ways to work with me right now is a two-hour Feng Shui consult where it has a little bit of that inner child healing piece in addition to all of the great feng shui, how you set up your desk and the colors and all of the fun feng shui cures that are a little more traditional. And then the other piece is a three-month journey into healing through your home. So we, I literally help women and guide them to declutter their body, mind, and soul so that they arrive at their desired, gorgeous soul's evolution outcome from a place of deep self-worth and self-love. So yes, those are the two ways to work with me right now. Well, thank you so much. And to everyone listening, if you love the ep episode, don't forget to rate and review and take a screenshot of you listening. If you've made it all the way to the end, post it to your IG stories and tag us so we can see. Let us know one takeaway from the episode go follow stacy and don't forget to stay curious disclaimer this podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests if you disagree with any content presented herein please find another show before submitting nasty grams this is a positive vibes only platform if you love our show and want to connect share your experiences or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, 
please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.